Studies show that every 54 seconds, someone in this country listens to Kiddush Club. Did you just make that up? <laughs> no, this is a peer-reviewed study. Welcome to an all-new episode of Kiddush Club News for Jews. We have a great episode up for you. What do you got? Well, apparently we have made up facts, but I like them. I like the made up facts because maybe they're true. Okay, so we took a little hiatus uh, for Purim, as I'm sure you, you saw, but we did drop two specials. And, you know, since we couldn't record, we did drop the two specials. We hoped everybody liked them. We had the Empowered uh, Jewish Living podcast. We also dropped the Turks, first half of the Turks interview. And yeah, and can was, you believe it's only part one? Yeah, we spent a lot of time with Turks. A lot of times. So there's more coming at you with Turks. It was very interesting. Um, but how was your Purim, by the way? Uh, you know, it was. It was. That good, was huh? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Excellent. You know what really upsets me? When I get these cards that say, in lieu of Shalach Manis, we've made a donation to XYZ organization. For you. We did it for you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that that is the worst because you don't even. It's like they don't even get. They're not even yoy to the mitzvah with that. Like, so what are you doing? Why why are you it's, sending me this? Just don't send me anything. Right. You know what? Look, if it's grape juice and a hamantash, I, I can't get that where I am. You understand? I have to go out and procure grape juice and go get a hamantash or whatever stuff that you fill your shalachmanis with. I, I I can't get that. There's an advantage to that when you deliver it to me. But there's nothing, there is no advantage to me by getting this donation in my name that you decided to make for me. Like, I can go online and do that myself. If I wanted to give to the UJC, I could do it online. What's That's okay. What's the UJC? What's the UJC? I don't know. I just, I made up. That's what I, you got? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, this... No, because, and, and do you even get any credit? Like, as far as a mitzvah goes, do you even get that mitzvah? No. That no, person who gave the money, you got zero. Right. It's like, are you trying, are they handing over his chus to you? Are they saying like, oh, now you got the mitzvah of tzedakah, see? With this little card, take it to Elam Haba, and you'll see. They'll give you admittance. I don't think so. Zero. Worth, completely worthless. Other than that, a lot of pirates. Pirates? What a lot mean? of pirates. Steal- stealing shalach manas? No, 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 no. Con- I was like, is costumes, that a thing? Costumes, a lot of pirate costumes. Did you did you find that? No, I didn't. Pirate costumes, interesting. Yes, like every third person was a pirate. I didn't notice that. I, I, I did notice that it, it did, I don't know, maybe it was just me. It, it didn't seem as crazy as usual. Like, am I am I nuts? Like, Well, the, you also, the, you stayed home all day. You I did. Leave. And that right. was thanks to you. That was thanks to you. You told me to do it and I did it. I was very proud and that of was. myself. But it, it was, was it was it, it was the best experience. Yeah. Best experience. Best experience. I didn't get to I didn't get so lucky. In the morning I'm a chauffeur basically for the kids. And then in the afternoon I'm 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 basically people pleasing all afternoon. Right, right? but you Going, told me not visiting. to be a people pleaser. You you I didn't know, follow your I own advice. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Basically, that's my costume for Purim. I am a people pleaser. People are like, is that even you? <laughs> what is what would what did your costume look like? What does a people pleaser costume look like? Just you have to follow me on Purim to see it. <laughs> but you know what's funny is like now now that Purim's over, we have that mad rush to finish all the chametz by by Pesach, which is coming. The clock is ticking. And Isn't it like, ironic? It's like here, take all this free food, but you have then, thirty days to eat it, <laughs> or throw it all out. Right. Yep. Yep. It, it uh, and and right on the heels of of Purim was this uh, report. And when I saw this report, I was like, you know what? I love it. So this report comes from the World Obesity Federation. Oh dear. They predict that within the next twelve years, fifty one percent of the world will be obese. 
Wait, so their numbers are going up? Yeah, obesity, man. But so really? I'm just thinking, I'll have another Hamantash because you can't fight statistics, right? <laughs> we're, we're all just we're all just going to be in that boat. So we're why fighting? Why fight it? Embrace no, but you'd, the obesity. But it surprises me because there's such a a movement. There's a movement towards health and fitness and wellness that we didn't we didn't have this. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is a 10 year thing. Like in the last 10 years, there's been this push towards getting healthier, an awareness of obesity and and being overweight. And it surprises me that that statistic is still going in one direction. No, because there's there's an equal amount of pressure from like the woke community that being overweight and being obese is something that's fine and you should embrace it, right? All those, well, they're, all those they're health movement, those uh, Dove, right? They did the, these things with obese people. And, and actually, you just reminded me of, of another story, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the publishers of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Famous book, uh, Roald Dahl, who was a, actually a known anti-Semite. We could talk about that in a second. They're changing the book to remove references to the word fat, and they're not going to be writing that. Well, it kind of changes the tone of the whole book. Like Augustus Glump has to be, like, what is he just now a, what are they calling him? Pleasantly plump? Like, so, you can't even so, say that. No, you can't say that. So they, so the, so it used to say he was enormously fat, and it's been edited to just say enormous <laughs> which which uh, well, that's the woke movement is more is so it's about acceptance of things as they are yes right like accept everyone for whatever they are so you're saying that that impedes the movement of health and fitness and wellness yeah yeah but i, I don't get how enormous is that much better than enormously fat if i said well, fat- oh wow i saw you on perm the other day you looked enormous <laughs> versus it's, you looked enormously fat not much better not true not true there's a there's a shame in that word fat there is a connotation of shame in it it's an ugly word okay so you think it should be removed from the lexicon um no i'm i'm all i'm listen i'm all for shaming people don't get me wrong <laughs> fat shaming you're pro no, fat shaming <laughs> no it's not about it's not about because you do it to me se. constantly i just want to <laughs> point that out I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just don't. You you should never listen. It's a word, right? In used in a context towards an individual, I can see how it's insulting or demeaning. So when it comes to you know calling somebody that name, right? You you probably want to steer well, it's not away the from N-word. that word. You could say fat, <laughs> but <laughs> calling somebody no, no. that word, no. you you just how would you feel? Like how do you feel when I say to you, you got so fat? Yeah, I want to choke you to to death exactly but if i tell you you put on some weight you're okay it's it's not as it's mm. not as insulting it's not as demeaning so i'll stab you as opposed to choking you you know it's pretty no bad. i yeah that's because you're upset but as far as my uh as far as my disposition towards you i'm not insulting you when i say you gained weight but i i am insulting you when i say you got so fat yeah. would you agree would yeah, you agree i, I would agree but I mean, but right. but at the end of the day, it just shows you that this whole fat thing, you know, it's not it's it, it it's it's been accepted. It has been accepted. So as much I, it as doesn't health, mean again, health is center stage. But like you said, accepting people for the way they are is a big thing, right? Yes. And if, if a person's obese, then so be it. You know, that's and, Joe but Rogan's it whole thing. It doesn't warrant removing the word fat from the lexicon because there can be good terms in which you could use yeah, the word, like like a <laughs> fat check. Like I would like a oh. fat check from you, please. That's that's true. Right? That's true. 
But so, Roald Dahl, so the word the way, stays. Roald Dahl, you know, beloved author of like some of the greatest books, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, Fantastic Mr. Fox, um, James and the Giant Peach, The Witches, The Twits. He was an absolute anti-Semite. People don't know, know that. This. No. Yeah. He was a total anti-Semite, like not even unapologetic. I mean, look, I'll, I'll give you an example. He was once quoted in an article where he said, there's a trait in the Jewish character that does provoke animosity. Maybe it's a kind of lack of generosity towards non-Jews. I mean, there is always a reason why anti-anything crops up anywhere. Even a stinker like Hitler didn't just pick on them for no reason. Hmm. Yeah, n- not exactly. Well, not exactly. He's not a pro-Semite, but does it make him? <laughs> yeah, I think he's. Does it make him an anti-Semite? I, I think he's an anti-Semite. I think he's an anti-Semite. I think he was That's an anti-Semite. A strong think, allegation. Yes. And you're sticking with it? I'm going to stick with it, yes. Okay. His The, the, the company that owns the rights to, to his publisher that owns all the rights these days, they actually released a apology for the things he said, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, they just want to make money. They want to keep keep printing the books, you know. And this doesn't definitely doesn't fit in with today's uh, climate. Okay, let's talk about what's been going on in the country a little bit. A lot of, lot of stuff going on. I got to talk about banks. Thing. I yeah. got to talk about banks. You got to make it make sense for me. Okay. What do you want to know? I need to know what's happening and how did it happen? Okay. Uh, it's going to be quite boring though. So we got to just, oh, just give, give me the quick words version. Or less. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. So basically Silicon Valley Bank, they are like the number one bank for all uh, technology startups and a lot of these, let's say a little bit more risky uh, companies. And with any bank, Right. Any bank where everybody goes and tries to take money out at the same time, they have to have enough liquidity to be able to do that. Right. They have to have enough money. SVB realized they weren't going to have enough liquidity. So well, they why saw- were they why did they think the people were going to start making withdrawals? Well, they didn't. And so then- hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because I'll tell you how I understand it thus far. Every single bank has money. People come, they deposit money, and and that's how they keep their money safe. So let's just look at at Silicon Bank, Silicon Valley, and they they had let's say I'm just pulling out a number. Let's say they had two hundred billion dollars in deposits. People putting their money there for safekeeping. Now they're not going to just sit on that money. They take that money and they invest it. Right. That's how. That's what now, all banks do. Right. That's how banks operate at a profit while giving you basically a free savings, a free place to put your money. Now, now those investments usually take uh, take the form of treasury bonds. Now, they have a value, right? So if they put their money in treasury bonds, and now because of the rising interest rate, the value of those bonds go down, then they're stuck because while they have $200 billion in deposits, right? They only have a hundred. They used to have 210 billion in assets. Now they only have 190 billion in assets right? because the value of it went down. Right. One of the main problems though, was that the reason they went down was yes, the, the, the the interest rates did play a major role, but the, the reason it collapsed was because there was 48 hours of people pulling their money out and not making those deposits. So but why? What what precipitated that? So according to this article, it was triggered when on Wednesday when they announced that it had sold a bunch of securities at a loss. So they sold these securities at a loss. People said, "Oh my gosh, why are they selling, you know, why are they selling this huge portfolio as a, at a loss? Must be they're in, in danger." So everybody started pulling their money out 
and stop making deposits. Now, if a bank has that, they're done because, right, they, they don't have that liquidity anymore. And now they can't pay people. They can't pay out their money. Right. But it happened because tech is not doing well. Because they had sold this portfolio. But again, they wouldn't have sold the portfolio. Why did yes. they sell it? Yes, they were. They doing sold well. it yeah, because yeah, yeah. they needed they needed funds to pay these companies that are not doing great. Yes. Right? And they want their money. So when, when a sector, when a bank is focused on a sector and that sector is 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 not doing as well as it usually does, then there's a there is almost like a call in for money. Like everybody yes. needs their money to continue yep. operating. Yep, hundred percent. Okay, I think we got to the bottom of that. And I think everyone, no matter which bank you're with, everyone got scared. Like, wait a minute, is my money safe? Like, is is every bank in danger? How does this work? Well, there's also there's also the depositor insurance, right? Every yes. single account FDIC. is guaranteed FDIC insured for up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So you can safely leave, you know, a quarter of a million dollars in a bank account and not have to worry about that. But there were companies with. Ten billion dollars, right? With them, exactly. You know, like- so, so right. So many people were pulling all their money except for two hundred fifty thousand dollars out of every right. single bank. You exactly. know, of every single account. And if you did that to any bank, they wouldn't be able to survive. You know, if 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 there was a run, literally any bank out there wouldn't be able to survive that. Right. At, but the Biden administration did announce that they are going to be covering all the deposits. So anyone who had a bank account. Uh, anyone who had money there, they're going to be they're going to be covering it, and they're going to be doing it not by taking taxes, but by taking bank fees. Bank fees f- that all went into this federal deposit thing. I don't know exactly what it's called. I think they said it's it's valued at like 150 billion dollars, and that's where the money is going to be coming from. It's almost like unemployment insurance type of thing. You know how you employers pay into that, and then the federal government pays it back out. So that that's where the money is going to be coming from. So when if you had money in Silicon Valley Bank, did you lose it? No. As of right now, everyone's going to get paid, supposedly. Supposedly going to get paid from the government, though. Yes. But like if you're no, like... I, a, no, a reg- I, think, I think it's going to go to Silicon Valley Bank and people are going to be able to take their money. I think that's the, the procedure. But truth, I don't know. I'm just Luckily, saying if you woke I didn't up this morning... If you woke up this morning and just wanted to give, you know, you, you wanted to give some money to your wife and you go to the bank and can you pull out, you know, 200 bucks? Know. It's a good question. Like, like it's a good question. What is the level of inconvenience that's happening here? Sure, you're not going to lose your money in the long term, but I need money today, right? There were, co- there were companies, many companies saying, we literally cannot pay our employees. If you don't do something, we can't play, pay our employees. Right. But you know what? I did see a great clip that just sums up how everybody's feeling right now. Let me play it for you. How can I help you, young man? I got a $100 check from my grandma, and my dad said I need to put it in the bank so it can grow over the years. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest, and it's gone. Uh, what? It's gone. It's all gone. What's all gone? The money in your account. It didn't do too well. It's gone. What do you mean? I I have $100. Not anymore, you don't. Poof. Well... Well, what can I do to get back I'm my- I'm sorry, sir, but this line is for bank members only. I just opened an account. Do you have any money invested with this bank? No, you just lost it all. Then please stand aside for people who actually have money with us. Next, please. Hey! Hello, Mrs. Farnickel. How are you today? Making a deposit, are we? Great. We can just put that into your retirement account and make it go to work for you, and it's gone. What? Sorry, yeah, that's gone. Please step aside for people who actually have money with the bank. Next, please. Dad! 
Hey, I'm trying to teach my son the importance of savings. You already lost his money? Oh, Mr. Marsh, d don't worry. We can just transfer money from your account into a portfolio with your son, and it's gone! This line is for people who have money with the bank only. Please step aside. <laughs> <laughs> so bottom line, it was uh, Biden spoke on Monday. He reassured everybody. So that was that was good. Um, it wasn't a great week last week for Biden. Aside from this, you know, he fell again going into Air Force One. Did you see that? I mean, he took yes. a trip. He tripped. He, he literally I think we spoke about this already. No, it happened Nobody wants again. To hear it. I know, but it's become the norm now. You understand? <laughs> Now, if he makes it up a flight of steps without tripping, that's news. <laughs> they also found more confidential documents. Right. It's basically which... more of the same. Let me give you a Navua. Nothing's <laughs> going to come from it. But, they, but, they... but, but Jake Turks mentioned that they could be setting him up just not to run. To and this could be out. all right to knock him. This could all be playing into that plan. They got nine boxes of documents. Nine boxes of document. No, but look, he's a guy who's who's literally spent a lifetime or two in politics. <laughs> yes, there's gonna be there's gonna be documents. I'm not I'm not saying that it's okay, but like we should not be so surprised if they find another ninety boxes of documents. It's just not going to be surprising. In other Biden news, so I mean, this is general news, but. I mean, we're going to we're going to play this uh, this video of Biden. And of course, it'll be included in our WhatsApp. He was asked what he thought about the Saudi Arabia Iran agreement where they're going to be opening up embassies again, like a warming of relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran, which to me, I'm not thrilled about that because, you know, when Saudi Arabia and Iran are enemies, Israel and Saudi Arabia are closer. And so they asked him about it. And they said, you know, what do you think about Saudi Arabia and Iran becoming friendlier? And he said, anything that makes Israel safer is good for the whole region. Play the clip. Here it is. What are your thoughts on Saudi Arabia and Iran reestablishing re diplomatic relations, sir? Better the relations between Israel and the, the Arab neighbors, the better thing. Can you just clarify what he said? So look, uh, as it relates to Iran and Saudi Arabia, uh, we, are, we are aware of the reports and would uh, certainly refer you to the Saudis as they are uh, uh, clearly... Uh, Did the president just misheard the question? I, I'm still confused uh, with your experience. I mean, there's no confusion. I just laid out how we feel about, uh, how we feel about the de-escalating tensions in the Middle East. Obviously, Israel is a neighboring country, but it's not party to, to this uh, new arrangement. Did the president just mishear the question? Did you have a chance I have to, to be very it? honest. I didn't hear a question that was posed to him, and I didn't hear how he answered it. So I would need to hear it for myself before I can give you um, uh, an answer. Now, just to be clear, I thought Saudi Arabia and Israel are getting on better footing. They are. But the reason they're getting on better footing is because Iran and Saudi Arabia are bitter enemies. So, which is great, but why are they now making up? So that's the that's the thing. So apparently there was some sort of summit that was handled by China. Also not great news for us. So China brought the two together and they came out to this agreement where they're going to have warming of relations, a little bit of warming of relations. And we're going to talk more about China. A lot going on with China. They are really the number one global threat. But they brought these two together. And uh, to me, I, definitely not something I'm happy to hear about. And of course, this all happened on the heels of the news that Saudi Arabia is going to be allowing Israeli commercial airlines to fly over Saudi Arabia, which was yes. very big news. It's huge news because they cut the flying time. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. Right? So like How many hours through. do they save? 
So, like, so Tel Aviv to Mumbai, you're going to shave off a couple hours now. That's big news. Easily, easily. So we actually were thinking about this, and we're going to bring to you a little clip from what it may sound like on that flight from Tel Aviv to Mumbai, and here it is. This is your captain, Ofer. Thank you for joining us on this flight to India. Uh, we're going to go up to 30,000 feet. We're going to take a right at the cloud. Uh, she looks like a shawarma. Uh, we're going to go just straight. Uh, please enjoy the flight. We are having a three hours shorter flying time uh, because we are going over uh, Saudi airspace. Uh, this is good for you, but uh, I work on the hours, so I will need to take extra shift on the falafel stand of my friend Ami. If you mention you're on this flight, you get a 10% discount. Uh, enjoy the flight. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Iran, there's a report that says that Russia has been taking equipment from the war in Ukraine, shipping it to Iran so they could reverse engineer the military technology. And what? And copy it and send it back? Yeah. Like, make so, us more? Yeah. Yeah. And they're saying that, I mean, according to this article, Russia is doing that so to keep Iran happy. Like they're feeding Iran so that Iran will keep supporting Russia. So like, hey, we're going to send you some of this top secret equipment that you could reverse engineer and, you know, you're golden. So There's that's a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot of scary stuff going on. On the brighter side, you have Trump. Trump is back. And like I always say, whether you love him or hate him, the man knows how to entertain. And so he came out and he came out with this whole thing of this exciting idea of promoting he wants to make these freedom cities he wants to build 10 freedom cities that are going to include flying cars and he spoke about that and he's getting panned in the media for it well but- it seems a little ridiculous <laughs> why you don't want do flying mean? cars I, 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 it's not even a reality there isn't even a prototype so hold up first of all First of all, Elon Musk is already building this utopian city in Texas, by the way. He's already doing it. Elon Musk, he purchased thousands of acres of land right outside of Austin, Texas, and he's calling his city Snailbrook. Snailbrook because the snail is a is the mascot of the Boring Company, one of his companies, and mm-hmm. he's going to be making this amazing city. And to me, that's, I mean, it's super exciting. What but are the features? What are the features of this amazing we don't city? Know. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But you know it's going to be very high tech. You know it's going to be amazing. And just on the note of Trump and the flying cars, I will say the following. When I first heard it, I also, I dismissed it. I was like, wow, he's really gone off the deep end. He's psychotic. But I started thinking about it from a tech perspective. And if you think about it, it's not that crazy, actually. I'll tell you why. Drones now are everywhere, right? You could buy a drone, 50 bucks on Amazon, get your drone. We use drones in military. Drones are everywhere, right? Amazon's going to be using them for deliveries. They're already using them in some urban areas. I'm sorry, suburban areas. And so if you think about it, if you've seen some of these models of these larger drones, you could have these drones that are controlled with AI or with like a central station where people get in the drone and the drone, they don't have to pilot anything. They just get in and the AI gets them to where they need to go. Well, that's Uber. Uber has some designs of, of such a vehicle. Exactly. So it's not as crazy as you think to have a city of flying cars. It's not out of the realm of possibility, especially since all the technology is basically here. Interesting. But you know what I didn't know was an option? Like you can build your own city 
Like Elon <laughs> Musk is building cities. Is that a, is that on the menu? Because I don't know where. Like, if I want to get involved <laughs> in building my own city, how do I get started? Well, you have to start by being the world's richest man. That helps. Okay, so have, we're really behind. I'm very, yeah, I'm very behind yeah, on that. You got to have billions of dollars, and then yeah, then you could you could try. And then wait, if you would have a city and you're funding the whole thing, could you tax the people? Like it's a private city. Does it is it not subject to city tax? No, well, it's still going to be within a larger city, right? So you still have that. But yeah, you could probably institute. I think Musk is trying to get you know into all those government positions so that he could dictate. But you know, it's I mean, one thing I could tell you is they're calling it. I think what I say, Snailbrook. Trump City ain't going to be called that because if we know there's one thing about Trump, the Trump City is going to be called Trump. <laughs> Trump. It's going to be called Trump City. Right? <laughs> city number one is going to be called Trumpville. City number two is Trump City. <laughs> city number three is. The Trump city. Trumptopia. Yeah, exactly. So kudos to, to Elon Musk for not naming it after himself. But also in the news regarding Trump was Mike Pence. Did you see what Mike Pence said about Trump? Yeah, shots fired. Shots fired. So yeah, so Mike Pence came out shooting, talking about January 6th at the gridiron dinner in Washington. He told journalists, quote, President Trump was wrong. I had no right to overturn the election, and his reckless words endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol that day. And I know that history will hold Donald Trump accountable. Shots fired. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that he's not supportive of the former president. No, but, you know, until now, Pence has been very, like, very parf, you know? Now he Uh, I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that he's been parf on it. I, I would say that he's subtly dropping hints because didn't he say months and months ago, you know, maybe there'll be a better candidate than Donald Trump at the yes. primary? Okay, so, so right? that right, but that's part. So that that's part. He's a con- he's a conservative person. That's how he says. I have you know I hate <laughs> right, but no, but now he came right out and said it. History will you know history will remember what a disgrace this was. I mean, th- those are very strong words. But the truth, Nebuch, you know, you got to feel bad for the guy. They were literally the people who who broke into the to the U.S. Capitol was was screaming, "Hang Mike Pence!" He was. You know, enemy number one. They had gallows, like Haman, you know, style gallows, ready to hang Mike Pence on them. You know, yeah, like but you was, know what? He was the target. How bad? How bad could you feel for the man? He has Secret Service protection. Nobody was getting within miles of him. Literally, him, his family—they're protected by the premier protection organization in the world. So come on. When they broke into the Capitol, all the Secret Service, when if they were were overrun by those people, I could have seen. Very bad things happening. Very bad things. What was super interesting to me is that Jake Turks was there. Yes. Yes. And you can hear his account of January 6th in our latest released podcast uh, with Jake Turks. He talks about what it was like being at the Capitol on January 6th, which is to me was crazy. Yeah. So definitely check out the special episode with Turks part one was very interesting. And uh, now let's bring it back to our other enemy, which is China. So China, we covered on this cast the weather balloon. We had mentioned that there were people who had said that that weather balloon was shooting. At one point, it was over Hawaii and it was shooting lasers. Remember we spoke about that? Yes, but it we was actually, a spy balloon, just to be clear. You keep yes. calling it a weather balloon, <laughs> but it is, in fact, a, a spy balloon. Yes. Which, by the way, by the way, there were costumes. There were spy balloon costumes on Purim. <laughs> yes, yes. Much appreciated. <laughs> so now we have a video. Someone took a video of these lasers being shot on Hawaii. We actually have video evidence. And what the experts are saying is the reason that they're doing this. 
So China's claiming that they were doing it because they were checking the atmosphere and global warming and things like that. But why would they care about Hawaii, right? So Hawaii is a major United States base and it's the launching pad for the United States. Anything we do in the Pacific, right, is Hawaii. That's why it was attacked in Pearl Harbor. Yes. So what they're saying is China is developing a hypersonic missile that they would be able to attack Hawaii with right away to try to knock out the U.S. Pacific actions. Interesting. Well, that's that's particularly concerning, obviously. I feel like people don't really know where Hawaii is. Because like whenever this, where where did you end up? (laughs) No, I'll tell you why. Because you always see that map, and it's just like there's just a box, and this has Alaska and Hawaii in them, and it's not really, it's not really placed where it actually is. Right. You you can't you can't get a feel for how far Hawaii actually is from the mainland of the United States. Exactly, and that's my question. How far is it? Like I'm not talking about flying time. Like how much closer is Hawaii to China? Than it is to the U.S. because when you go to Hawaii, right, the people have different characteristics. They look different. They speak different, right? Yes. They yes. it looks like a foreign country. They have some Asian characteristics. So, how much closer is it to Asia than to the United States? So it's not a matter of how much closer it is to Asia. It's more of how much closer does that give the United States a foothold in Asia, right? From, let's say, Los Angeles to Hawaii, it's about 2,500 miles. So that's 2,500 miles closer to Asia than than you would be from being, let's say, in Los Angeles. Right. But when you look at the map, it is almost yeah, it looks right, like it's right in off between. The coast. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, 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 it doesn't. No, when I'm looking at an actual map like Google Earth and it's it's almost it's almost it's slightly closer to the United States but it's it's almost right in between Asia and the United States. So it's a real strategic foothold. Yes. Well, it is actually further than it appears. So it's 2,500, 2,500 miles off the coast of California, but it's 4,000 miles off the coast of Japan, right? And Japan is the easternmost part of the Asian area, right? So yeah, so that's, that's you know, it, it just gets scarier and scarier when it comes to China. But at the same time, you know, for every scary Chinese article that I read, there's just an article that makes me laugh and be like, okay, so can't be that scared of China, right? So like, I saw this article from uh, a place called Liaoning, China. I don't know these provinces. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. And there was a, a clip that went viral that's showing people basically getting pelted with raining worms. With, like gov- from the sky, like from the <laughs> yeah. environment? Yeah, worms dropping from the sky, which is something I'm going to have a nightmare about tonight. Not a question. And the government is like, make sure to use an umbrella. It's raining worms. <laughs> so many worms come down. We don't have to shop for food for one month. <laughs> is it worms that they eat too, or is it just like scorpions and deadly critters? I don't think it's everybody. I don't think it's everybody. But, but you know, there are definitely people that are going to be happy. <laughs> it's like it's the Chinese version of mana. <laughs> and in another story from China, listen to this one. This is crazy. A guy who stole $24 from a gas station. He avoided being captured by police by living in a cave for 14 years. Okay. So it's $24, which with inflation is a quite a bit more money. No, so it's only maybe 14 he wasn't years. Wrong. <laughs> only 14 years. How much could it be worth? $100? And it's not even that much. So that's a that's a like Rabshim and Bar Yechai story. Like he just went into a cave and cave. was like, there, 
They're after me. Yeah, I wonder what happened to him. Like, did he emerge from the cave a better individual? So it, it seems like he did. Uh, he he says now that he regrets going to the cave because he he missed out on important things in his life. He missed out his father's funeral, his son's wedding. I mean, he missed important things for twenty four dollars. Yes, twenty four dollars. He must have severe anxiety, right? Because Why? who? Because he thinks all he's thinking of for fourteen years is getting caught for this petty crime, which obviously would not have gotten him anything more than a slap on the wrist at best. No, so I, I don't know if it would have got... I mean, look, it depends on how bad jails are in China, right? Oh, it, it could be in that China. bad. Yeah, this is all China. Oh, I didn't know. I thought it's like happened somewhere in like, I don't know, Texas. Oh, his face is blurred out in the picture. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> because they're taking him in for questioning. And never to be seen again. <laughs> right. We will never see this man again. Right. He, he got busted. He didn't come out of the cave. They finally cracked the case. And we will include this picture in the WhatsApp group, of course. Which, by the way, anyone who doesn't know, you can find the a link to the WhatsApp group in these show notes. And you could also find it on our website at kiddishclubpodcast.com. So also coming out of China, so you know the Terracotta Army that they found there? I don't know specifically. It just sounds very familiar. Yeah, so... so in 1974, a bunch of farmers, they came across like this human-sized clay figure of a, of a human. And when they started digging, they found thousands of them, thousands of these life-sized clay figures. And it came out that these were all part of, I guess, like a, a mausoleum for Shinshi Wang, the first emperor of the Xin dynasty. He ruled Honestly, it's... Sent- I'm looking at the picture and it looks crazy and it really just looks like this army encountered Medusa, period. <laughs> it's crazy. They're, they're full-sized yeah. people. Isn't yeah, it nuts? Like, is this like an art installation of some kind? No, no, no. This is what they uncovered. They dug it out and this I is know, what they found. I know, but what was – what do they have an explanation for it? So, yeah, like the going, who would – The going theory is kind of like what the Egyptians were doing, right? So the going theory was as part of his mausoleum to, to the emperor, they were supposed to be like his army in the – the, the world of death and the afterlife, they were going to be his army in the afterlife. Similar to what you saw in the pyramids in Egypt, right? They used to write the pharaohs. They used to put them in the in the uh, pyramids with like all of their belongings and, you know, even people alive. They used to just throw everything in there so that they would have them in Olam Haba. And so it's the same thing here with the emperor. Wait, they would throw, wait, wait, they would throw live people into I, the grave like oh yeah come here you he liked you you get in <laughs> i may have made that up <laughs> but i can't I don't imagine think them throwing live people into the tomb of any pharaoh or or emperor or anything hey, you were his favorite let's go get on in <laughs> but i'm yeah. not ready to die yeah so i didn't make it up so it's not there's not conclusive evidence but there is some evidence to say that they did do that they just chuck people yeah get in there right in. let's go <laughs> <laughs> ah, you thought you, you thought it was a power play getting close, huh? <laughs> so so that's what they think. They think that the emperor, you know, that they made this in tribute to the emperor so that he would have this army. But here's what here's the crazy part. Archaeologists are still too afraid to open the emperor's tomb. It's never been opened. What what are they afraid of exactly? So like he's not going to he's not going to get mad. Like <laughs> The curse of the emperor. So th- there's a bunch of reasons. First of all, they know from some of the writing that it has a tremendous amount of booby traps. Hmm. It could be anything. They don't know what yeah, it is. I feel like you just send a drone in or a Tesla bot or something. <laughs> so it could be that they, they also don't want to 
ruin anything. So they're trying to use like x-rays and things and LIDAR and things like that to try to penetrate to see what's inside the tomb. I know, but what is the sense of letting it be there if you're not going to discover what's in it? Like, I don't want to ruin it, therefore I'll never know what's in there. Well, I'm assuming it's, that at some point they're going to they're gonna go in, but until now they've been afraid. But it's, it's funny because you mentioned Egypt, and I, I saw somewhere that they discovered a new uh, corridor in the pyramids. Did you see that story? Yes, I saw it. It's under the Sphinx, actually. It was under the Sphinx, if I remember correctly, or I maybe so. Wrong. Check it out because it could be interesting. I don't know what they found in there. I just it just said that it was a new, which I don't understand. How could they not have every single inch of these pyramids mapped out? I'm sorry, you are correct. It was under the Great Pyramid, a, a, a new entrance. Well, we know that the Egyptian government has been, they, they stopped archaeologists from researching in some of the areas. There are parts of the pyramids that we don't know. The Egyptian government has sealed off. We don't know what's in them. For all we know, it could be the Arnakai dishes under there. We well, just don't know. shouldn't they know? At least shouldn't they know? Like if you're going to They probably do. It, do they? they I'm, I'm sure they do. I mean, look, it's like if, if you have something valuable, like at least use it, like utilize it. Here's the Taina. It's... Like, why would you – let's say they do have the Arankardish on there, right? Right, which is a solid – a box of basically solid wood. And it's, no, it's not, literally priceless. Well, well, that, right? well it's, it's, it's wood gold I plated. know. It's plated. I know how it looked. Okay. okay, okay. But the point is it's super valuable, right? Yes. What are you yes. – like Egypt, like what are you waiting for? Like if you put it up for auction, you will get all the money in the world. Yeah, and you will also prove that the Jews were in Israel and Tyre is true and everyone else is wrong. Oh, and come on. Then all the world religions come crashing much. down. No, 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 no. They're not in it for that much. I don't know. If, you, if you're going to get somebody, some Jew somewhere or a collection of, of Jewish people are going to pool their money together and get $50 billion to give to Egypt what, in exchange what? for the Ark of the Covenant. No, so why would the, the WAFs not allow the Israeli archaeologists to go look under the, the Temple Mount? Right. Not only will they not let them investigate, but they they dug out dirt from under Harabais, and they wouldn't even let the archaeologists be part of it. And Israel was going crazy, saying there could be priceless archaeological discoveries to be had, and they just dumped them in like garbage dumps. And the archaeologists had to go to the garbage dumps, sifting through all that dirt. And it's obvious why they didn't let them do that, because every single time they find something, it just bolsters the claim that this was the temple. And the Jews were there. And nobody wants that. Right. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that the pyramids themselves, w- they were like a marvel. And they still are. We still don't even yes. understand them. We still don't know. Right? We've spoken about them before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but but we, what's funny there's is still no that, conclusive proof of how they were built. Nobody knows. Right. It's that's what type of genius is behind these pyramids. But nothing has come from them since. Right. right. It's like you did this. It's like a one hit wonder. Like they yeah. did the pyramids and nothing else. Well, like, after, that's it. Well, after that's that, because, they're like, because, we could never, we could never top ourselves. So let's just n- quit. No, because they, the, the country was completely devastated during Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Yeah, the but country do we know was if, a superpower we, and they just became zero. Yes, but we don't know if that, if those pyramids came before or after. Let's be real. We don't know that any Jew even laid eyes on a, on, on a pyramid. I like to believe that Jews. I know you want to believe. I, I'm sure you do. It, it, that helps you sleep at night. No, but I'll tell you know, who knows. Not I'll tell conclusive. you who knows. Rabbi Hul knows. <laughs> yeah, you should call him. 
You really should. But I don't think I, I, it's it's not conclusive and there's no proof that the Jews had anything to do with the pyramids. Or like I said, it could have been a thousand years later. It could have you know, been hundreds and hundreds of years after Yitzhak Mitzrayim, after okay, the okay. exodus Let, of Egypt. Let's look at the facts, okay? Marvel of architecture built. That's fact number one. Jews millions, in the vicinity. Millions of Jews in the vicinity. <laughs> You're telling me the architect wasn't a Jew? When, the, when, when Pharaoh was going to look and he needed an architect to build the pyramid, he's like, Mustafa. <laughs> Mustafa's not building it. He's going right. to Yezel. I mean, it was, it, it was also a different culture. It wasn't an Arabic. It wasn't a Muslim nation. Right. It's true. Right? It's true. So whatever. These mysteries, are, I feel like they'll never be uncovered. Maybe, like I said, maybe Rabbi Hul knows, right? And, yes. and for anyone who doesn't know who that is, check out one of the episodes. It's with Rabbi Hul. We speak about Mashiach and just history in general. It really is fascinating. I mean, he wrote an entire book concerning you know, Egyptology and the dating of the things in Egypt. I should probably go back to that and see what he says about the pyramids, or I could email him. I vote for the latter. So let's move for a second to the UK. I don't know if you saw this one, Rishi Sunak, you know, he's the new prime minister of the UK. Yeah, well, hopefully he can stay in office for some amount of time. Yes, but, but- well, Yes, well, I mean, I think he will because, you know, he's almost a billionaire. He's worth over $800 million. Wow. What is his, uh, what does he do? What did he do? How did he make his money? Every Jew wants to know. He was a partner in a hedge fund. Same way all the rest of the billionaires are made. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, just as a reminder, SVB, Mm. the day before, I think it was on Friday. Oh, 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 oh. you have to be clear. Like, these acronyms are new to me. SVB. Silicon Valley Bank. The day before they were shut down, they gave bonuses to all their top executives. Come on. Yeah, that's what they so did. So they knew the writing was on the wall. Yes, yes. But but if you know you're not going to have liquidity, you just start writing out these multi-million dollar checks. Not cool. Not a good look, a, SVB. Not a good look. No. So back to Rishi Sunak. Hedge so fund the, manager turned prime minister. Yes. So and with he, that name, I imagine he he is of Indian descent. That is correct. He is of Indian descent. He was born in England, but he is of Indian descent. So he installed a new private heated swimming pool. And you know, there's a lot of there's an energy crisis going on all over Europe. Wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. Where did he install it? Is there like a White House there? Like, I don't like. You have to forgive my ignorance. I know we have a lot of UK listeners. What like do they ha- do they have like a presidential palace? So he just lives at home? Like the UK prime minister just like has a house? Yes, no, this, like, is his, this is his house. Or, he yeah, just this is, go, or maybe he's in, on Downing Street. Does he live in? No, he doesn't live on Downing Street. This is his home. And he installed a, a private pool. A, okay. A very large private pool. I mean, he's rich. He can, right? Sure. And, you know, th- th- there's a very big energy crisis going on all over Europe that was exacerbated by the war in Ukraine. And the local electricity network could not support the power demands that the pool needed. So he actually had the entire thing upgraded on his dime just so that he could have his heated pool. I don't understand. He, he, he upgraded the city or he upgraded yeah. his own pool? No, no. The city's electrical station got upgraded so that he could support his new pool. On his own dime? Yep. On his own dime. Uh, well, that's a that's that's a good guy. That's a good guy. But also, it, I don't know if it's a good yeah, guy. It's a good guy, I but think, also, right? But how optics. exactly? You're not exactly a man knows. of the people. How do you say you're a man of the people and you you you're you're paying to have this giant pool? Come on. No, I don't come know. on. What well, should he live? Should he live <laughs> like a peasant? Right. I'm saying like <laughs> he, he's a not a he's not a civilian. Like he he's a man in power. He he has. 
a he has substantial wealth. He can't use it now just because look at Donald Trump. You're going to be upset at him that he has a private plane. He has a Trump plane. Should we all get angry? I don't think anybody cares. No, but I don't know. Prime Minister, there's an energy crisis. You're building a pool. You, I don't know. I, I don't and feel he's like it's upgrade, not a great look. And he's upgrading the power grid on his dime. Yes, but again, it doesn't strike me as being a man of the people. It's interesting because they call it a public outdoor pool, a Lido. Okay. You know what? I'm a lucky chap and I need my morning swim. Do you expect me to swim in the Lido? <laughs> it's not a good look, I would look, never. Man. It's I not would a good never. look. That's all I got to say. Not a good look. I think he's fine. I think he's just fine. In another story coming out of the UK, a masked man attempted to rob a teenager at knife point. He was coming out of the ATM, right? So now the masked man holds the knife to the boy's head and he says, you know, give it over. Give it give it to me. And then the guy so the the, the teenager says, Are you kidding? Do you know who I am? And he says, Give it to me. So the teenager pulls the mask off. It's the teenager's father. No. Yes, it was his father. That's a nightmare. Yep, yep. It it's like was his he's father. robbing his own kid. Yes, and he said, I'm so sorry, wait, I was desperate. Wait, wait, where did this take place? So this was in the UK. It was actually in Glasgow in Scotland. Oh my, you know what? I, and I could picture it. That's the funny thing. It's like, put your filthy hands up. <laughs> and the poor kid is like, do you know who I am? I don't care who you are. And he takes off. Wait, why was the kid wearing a mask? No, no, the father was in a mask. He was robbing him. And the kid ripped off the mask. He's like, Dad. He rips off the mask. He's like, what are you doing here, father? (laughs) What are you doing? I can't believe you're going to rob me. That's pretty bad. Pretty bad stuff. Like, how do you even face your son? How do you face your family? (laughs) Right, no, no, no. And he's like, nah, I knew it was you all along, son. (laughs) I knew it was you. I was just trying I was trying to teach you how to defend yourself. You can wiggle out of that one. You might be able to wiggle out of it. He did claim that he didn't know it was him at the cash machine. But even after he had the knife to his head and the kid said, do you know who I am? He still said, give me the money. He he had to have recognized him at that point. I don't know who you are. I don't care who you are. (laughs) The article ends with this quote. His mother, brother, and son are all extremely (laughs) angry at him. (laughs) What brilliant. They probably had an intervention that night. (laughs) Father. To say the least. We'd like you to sit down on the couch. How did this story even get out? Like, if that happens in your family, you want to keep it pretty tight-knit, no? Yeah, but, I mean, this is all in the public record. Like, I wonder, like, did the kid call the cops? Like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. The cops came. He was arrested. No, the son actually fled, and then he called the cops, and they arrested him. I mean, he knew where to find him, right? And then the father said, I done it. I will do the time for it. Oh, he's going to prison. Yeah. Huh. You got to wonder about those family dynamics. Like this <laughs> yeah. has this has thrown a wrench into their There's definitely you know some I mean? dysfunction going on there. <laughs> well, there is now. <laughs> and with that, we bring this episode to a close. Thanks for listening, guys. You can follow Kiddish Club on Twitter. We're at Kiddish Club Cast. You can follow us on Instagram. We are at Kiddish Club Podcast. And you can now find us on the new and quickly growing 24-6 app. Uh, And if you'd like to see the videos that we discuss and be alerted first when we release an episode, join our WhatsApp group. You can do that by visiting our website, www.kiddishclubpodcast.com. 
Uh, you can also shoot us an email. We are hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. You can send us your thoughts, your comments, suggestions, or just to say hi. And Kiddish Club out. Tel Aviv to Bombay, India, you're going to save like three hours. I think it's called Mumbai now. I'm sorry, there is Mumbai. No, there, is, there is no Bombay. <laughs> I'm so I'm so interested in just singing, it's raining worms. Right. I would say those numbers are not exactly correct according to my visual estimation <laughs> well, on Google Earth. <laughs> well, they are correct in terms of me using Google Earth to measure the distance as we speak. I don't know if you can do that. Yes, I don't know if you can. can actually you can you can just click yes. and drag. You can't. Yep. You yes, can't you can. click and drag. You click, you right click and do measure distance of Ah. Uh-huh. I see that now. Yeah, it's very handy. I use it all the time. Twenty two seventy two versus four thousand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll give it to you. Thank you. You get that. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.